Have you ever gone after a dream most people would never even try? That was me. I'm Caroline Gardner, a single mom of three, who thought I could never accomplish something like a triathlon until I did, and everything changed. This is a show about people who dare to go after their dreams, especially when met with life's adversities. So let's go find out why we try. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Why We Try podcast. I'm your host, Caroline. And on today's episode, you may wanna make a hot cup of coffee and get a side of Bailey's. You're gonna find out why more in a minute when I introduce this next guest. But before I do, got two little announcements to make. First and foremost, thank you. Thank you for uploading and downloading this podcast. Every single time that you listen to an episode of the Why We Try podcast, It allows this podcast to move up organically through the algorithm of the podcast world. So thank you very much. And with that said, every time that you share, like, or comment on one of the video clips over on Instagram or Facebook, or even in LinkedIn, it also helps this podcast be kicked out to those individuals who might be suffering somewhere in their world of fitness. So thank you very much every single time that you hit like, comment, share. Did you also know if you hit the save button, I know it seems kind of weird, what am I saving to, but in Instagram, there is a button on the right-hand side corner of the posts that have a save button. When you hit save, it allows this episode clip, video clip, to also be bumped up in sharing in an organic way. So I appreciate you guys for helping me get this episode and many of the other guests that I've had, their stories up and out. There's so many of us out there that are just in need of understanding we're not alone. I don't want to say motivate. I've I've heard some different individuals talk about the word motivation. And honestly, yes, you have to do the work in order for any change to happen. It's just really nice to know that There's so many other individuals that are like you and me who might be struggling through their moments at whatever it is that life is throwing at them, and you're not alone. You can keep going inch by inch. It's still going to get you somewhere. So next announcement I want to make is make sure you take advantage of your 20% off your first order of Noon over on NoonLife.com. Yes, I'm an ambassador of Noon Life, and no, I'm not getting paid to talk about this. Maybe some discounts I get, but that's great, but I I don't have to talk about it. It's just because I'm an ambassador. They do have a new hydration product that is Noon Energy. It's for recharge, and it does have a bit of caffeine in it. So this is something I like to take if I'm not having a nice hot cup of coffee, and I love the tropical punch flavor. So you guys can go head over to NoonLife.com and take advantage of 20% off when you have your first order over there. Okay, now let's get going to this introduction of the next guest. You have heard her voice before. If you've ever crossed a finish line for an Ironman event in the UK or in Ireland, and that is because she is the race announcer and event MC for Ironman in the UK and in Ireland. She's also done some um, C event emceeing rather for Ironman over in Dubai. She's been all over Kona. She has been working with Mike Riley now for quite some time. And it's so interesting to hear how this started. How did this start? How did this door open for her? How did this even happen? You will be surprised and shocked to hear this story. I love hearing this story. And also she's a podcast host for Try Talking Sports. So once you finish listening to this episode, you're going to go on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and upload Try Talking Sport because her conversations are deeper and more incredible even than mine. She has been at this for a long time. She knows exactly what she's doing. She has some incredible guests, and I'm just grateful that she came on here to have a conversation with me and you. She also is a very big advocate for swim, cycle, run, and now gravel for fun. Yeah, for fun, just doing it for fun. So I'm grateful that I got an opportunity to sit down with Joanne Murphy, Yes, Joanne Murphy from Galway, Ireland. Thank you so, so very much for this conversation. Now, guys, go grab that hot cup of coffee and a side of Bailey's and relax, recover, and enjoy this uh, episode. Make sure you leave Joanne and I view over on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much, guys. 
As promised, today we are headed over to Ireland. I've got my winter jacket on because it's a little chilly here in Miami, but we are going to head where it's a little bit colder over there in Ireland. Joanne, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Thank you so much. I am very well. It's a lovely Monday afternoon here in the west coast of Ireland on the wild Atlantic Way. It's fabulous. Awesome. And what's what's the temperature like there today? How was it Um, this this afternoon, this morning? It's this afternoon. It's just at 4 p.m. on Monday, the final day of January. I can't believe it's the last day of January 2022. I think early this morning it was about six and a half degrees Celsius. It's probably up in maybe 11 degrees at the moment. (laughs) I haven't been outside the door much today and I certainly haven't been in the sea yet. And that is much colder, but more about that later on. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We start every episode with our favorite beverage. Have you brought something with you today? Well, I'm really sad today and I only have water with me because I am hosting a Zift Spin tonight with Oliver Harkin from Primed Coaching and I have just come off a big week of bike training. So I am having a glass of water, but if I had my choice and it was maybe a Sunday afternoon that we were recording this, it would be a coffee with a little splash, little splash of Baileys in it. I am a fan of Baileys. And everybody who knows me uh, knows how much I love Baileys any time of the year. So it'll be Baileys coffee. I have to say, Joanne, you and I have so much in common in that regard, because if anybody who knows me knows that if it's exactly, if there's something I'm going to get at the end of a wonderful meal, even if I shouldn't be having coffee at the end of a meal, I should be having maybe a decaf. I'll still get a cup of coffee with a side of Bailey's and pour it in there. It tastes so good together. So I actually have a cup of coffee here with me today with my why we try cup but let's cheers cheers to your water cheers to the coffee and maybe be thinking of bailey's another day <laughs> and i'll teach you an irish word slauncha so slauncha is cheers in irish slauncha. i love it and miami i'm always hearing um salute everybody here oh, that's sweet. speaking spanish and i i'm not from here originally from connecticut so i'm always learning i'm always learning and my mom who was uh who her parents were from ireland they would be telling me right now, you should know that. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Before we go in and talk about all the things that you're doing now and have planned for the future, I really want us to go back to your triathlon beginnings, your endurance sports beginnings. How were you introduced to the world of triathlon? Gosh, that's a, that's a good question. I don't think I've ever actually been asked how was I introduced to the sport of triathlon. It was more about Um, How did I get started? So I think originally I found a poster where there was a beginner's day for triathlon in Galway. I had been playing uh, tag rugby, which is like a non-contact rugby sport here. There was a big thing in Ireland a couple of years ago. And uh, some of the guys were going out cycling. So I got a bike and then suddenly it was like, no, we're going to do a triathlon. And there's a tri club here in Galway. Why don't you go along and have have a try of it? So I did back in 2009 and went to the beginner's day and the rest is history, really, to be honest. I kind of embraced the whole idea of swim, bike, run, fun, coffee, breakfast clubs, uh, swim clubs, spinning classes, the gym, buying bikes, enjoying bikes, going on lifestyle holidays, heading to New York at the training camps, just basically totally embraced the life of an active triathlete wasn't a very good triathlete, but I loved the fun of it. I loved the banter and I loved the diverse people I was meeting as well, because when you swim, bike and run, if you're good, bad or indifferent at the three different sports, when you go training with a triathlon club, you meet those good, bad or indifferent people across the broad spectrum of your sports. So you were always constantly meeting new people and I just absolutely loved it. So that was my introduction to triathlon. I did my first one in 2000 and nine if i recall correctly i couldn't swim we were at galway bay and we were doing a relay so i couldn't swim my friend was swimming and i did the bike and the run and i came in off the bike and i was absolutely buzzing going through transition and i loved the run and the following year i did my i did a full race there like the full triathlon not a relay Um, and i loved it and i've done every distance since and i've done a bit of cycling and a bit of running and a bit of open water swimming all as separate events as well so it's been quite a journey it's hard to believe 2009 that's a long time ago when you think about it 2022 you know what it it, to 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 some it is like you're saying you know everybody is um at a different point in their journey with endurance sports and i think especially after quarantine of 2020 
you and I were just talking earlier, like it definitely put so many of us in a different space for what we value and what we need to move from. So I think that that's, that's definitely appropriate here. Like in 2009, I mean, maybe that seems like a long time, but then there's definitely people that we know both and, and especially you, because you've been on uh, now on to the other side and seeing for Iron Man, which is like amazing to me. So it, incredible how that poster, I guess, you know, that introduction that you had cracked open something that regardless, what I really, to me, what speaks to me is that it didn't matter where you were. Like you knew you were for, you know, you said you were, had challenges with the swim, but you gave yourself space to just completely go for it and then envelope yourself rather, that's not the right word, but go into the the sport and, and fine tune all the areas that you needed fine tuning, but you found that you enjoyed the bike and you enjoyed the run. So you kept going. I love that. And did you find, I mean, I'm sure over the many years you found a coach, but was there the group around you that kept, kept you going? Were there the people that you met? Have you still, are you still close to them? Yeah. Like there's people still, we, we call ourselves the oldies in the tri club, even though we're still young, we're the oldies. We're like the old crew and I'm not the old, old crew, the silicone right. before me, but we often joke about sometimes uh, the oldies. Now, unfortunately, just the way things have panned out, I don't get to train as much with the tri club for the track or the running or with all of the biking and, and the swimming. I suppose the way work kind of pans out, it doesn't always work, go that way. And then I've my own plans for this year for training and for racing. So I'm kind of training with some of the tri club members, but actually not taking part in the official tri club training, even though I, I will before the end of the year, get back to what well, I will before the summer talking about the end of the year, I will before the summer, get back doing some of the, we do like a little club race series around an aquathon. So we swim and run or there's like 5k timed, um, team time trials and things like that as well on the bike. So there's lots of opportunity to take part, but definitely I found joining the club was the biggest catalyst to success. And I would be a big advocate for people trying to find a community of people to support them, whether that's in person or whether it's online. I know throughout COVID, a lot of the online stuff was of a big support to people because they're like-minded people. It doesn't matter if you ask a stupid question because no questions are stupid because everything that you ask is important to that person individually. Yes, it might have been asked 10 times before that. Um, but for each person, it's, it's an important uh, question. But what I loved about the club was, um, yes, it was a crap swimmer. I was an okay runner, but I was an, a, an even better cyclist. Still wasn't a great cyclist, but I was an even better one. So when I went swimming, I was with the beginners group to learn how to swim. We were doing a lot of technique. When I went running, I was with the improvers group because I was okay. I was able to run, but maybe my technique wasn't great, but I was still able to run. And I was faster than the slowest people, but slower than the fastest people. So there was a little niche there for me. And then on the bike, I quickly developed, I had cycled as a kid, but I really loved the bike and the speed. And I just loved the freedom. Maybe I just was never meant to be tied down in the first place in a proper job or a nine to five Monday to Friday job. So I just love the freedom of the bike and, and the adventures you can have and the opportunity to explore. And I just ended up in another group of people. There was maybe a mix of some of the runners and the swimmers with the group of cyclists. But there was just so many different people all the time that you kind of got to train with. So you continuously met new people or were introduced to new people. And there was a huge social aspect to it. And I think that that's hugely important. And that in triathlon, the community aspect of it is, is massive. And it doesn't matter whether you're back of the pack beginner or back of the pack in there for 10 years or top of the pack beginner and have only just started triathlon and suddenly you're winning every single race in town or you're at top of the pack, pointy end of the business, and you've been doing it for 10 years, and you're winning your age group now as opposed to winning the overall race. It doesn't really matter. There's a place for everyone. And every shape, every size, every color, it's all there, and there's an opportunity for everyone, I think. And, and that's what I love about the sport. I, uh, you said it perfectly. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I try and talk to other moms out there because I'm in this mom group because you know, I'm a mom, but at the same token, like, I guess as I was uh, being a young mom, I, there were certain areas that I just didn't pull to. And I, I found that running was where I found this community of people that like you're saying, we're all different. And yet we were all coming together in the freezing cold, our freezing cold in Florida. My gosh, how can I say that to you? You know, on our, on our cold mornings, right. 
but it was just fun. It was great. And it was an opportunity to have almost a whole, a whole experience before everybody else got up. You know, there's something to be said about that. Like, I'm not the best at getting up early, early, early in the morning, but I know that the days that I do and those times that I meet with a group of people and I share that connection, and then I have to go on to the whatever's in the rest of my day, I feel like I, I tapped into something great. I, I, I got to see a sun come, sunrise come up. I, I had a good laugh. It's just, it's so, it's so interesting. Or even if it's at the end of the day, but you have something that's keeping you connected. I wonder if you have found that as well. I think the most important thing you mentioned there is the word connection. And I think it's that social interaction and social connection. And I think throughout the pandemic, we've noticed that that was the thing that a lot of people missed was that social connection and, and being able to go out and meet with our friends. Now, I don't know how strict it was in the States, but it definitely was a lot stricter here, especially over the past maybe two months kind of coming into Christmas and we've just lifted restrictions there probably about two weeks here in Ireland. So there's a lot more freedom for us to kind of, you know, less anxiety around maybe meeting your friends or meeting your family or whatever. But you do miss that social interaction, that social connection. And also the other thing I would say about seeing those beautiful sunrises is that if you go for an early morning swim, you get back at your desk at half eight, nine o'clock or whatever. And you're like, I've already accomplished my swim for the day. It's like making your bed. You've already completed one task for the day. So if you do nothing else for the rest of your day, but that, then you have achieved something. And I think there's a lot of value in that. And I think as we get busier or we might think we're not getting all of our to-do list done every day, those simple little tasks are the most important ones. And I absolutely hate getting out of bed in the middle of the night. And for me, the middle of the night is six o'clock in the morning to go training. I just think it's madness. It's like, what are you doing? I could be tucked up in my bed. But then at the same time, I will bounce out of bed at two o'clock in the morning to go to work for Ironman. <laughs> and that is definitely the middle of the night. So yeah, no, it's it's just, it's incredible. I love the sport. It's absolutely changed my life in terms of my where my career was going, the people I've met along the way, and even the opportunities that I've been given. It's just been incredible. I'd love to ask you about that. You know, you have this wonderful podcast, Try Talking Sport, which I totally recommend to everybody. You stop what you're doing after this show and you go and listen to her Try Talking Sport episode. Follow, subscribe, get over there on Instagram and follow Try Talking Sport. But how were you introduced to the world of, I mean, is that something that you were going into public relations becoming an MC for Ironman over there. I mean, just tell us a little bit about how, how did that, so the triathlon came first and then you came over to that. So incredible. Yeah, it's a bit, it's, it's a long story, but I'll, I'll keep it very short. Ironman came to Ireland in 2011 to Galway, to Salt Hill, which is about two and a half kilometers from where I live. And I was part of the tri club. I had been very involved with the tri club. I was uh, one of the race organizers. I was the PRO. Uh, was involved in hosting our Aquathon series. And the guys that were coming in, that were bringing Ironman to Ireland in partnership with Ironman UK, asked me after our club Aquathon, would I MC Ironman Ireland? Would I be the Ironman, the Irish voice? And I was like, no way, what are you on about? Like, I've never MC'd a race in my life. This was only a bit of fun because we needed an MC on the day for the race. I had been working in fundraising for about, oh God, maybe about seven or eight years at that stage. So I didn't have any fear of public speaking, but like this was my first ever sports announcing event. And I was beginner's officer of the triathlon club. So I knew everybody pretty much. And if I didn't know them or know a story about them, I was going to make it up. And they, everybody knew this. It was just about having some fun. So the guys asked me, would I be the Irish connection on the finish line? I was like, no way. I said, I am racing Ironman. I've been training since January. This is September. No, 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 no. But it turned out that I had an injury and I had to stop training for a while. I had the first of two fractures in my pelvis over the years. So about a couple, about maybe two weeks afterwards, I had been told absolutely no way will you be racing Ironman Ireland. So I contacted uh, Rory and said, look, is that opportunity still available? Sorry, I said no, but I now can't race. Can I please do this? And that is how it started. So Ironman Ireland came to Galway in September. I think it was September that year, 2011. And I got to meet the wonderful voice of Ironman, Mike Riley. And as they say, the rest is history because myself and Mike got on like a house on fire. And of course, he's got Irish blood. So, you know, he absolutely embraced the opportunity to be in Ireland with his beautiful wife, Rose. And we had lots of fun. And that year, 
the managing director of Ironman in the UK asked me would I be interested in joining their team for the following year and the rest is history. I've never left, thank God. Uh, they've never gotten rid of me, thank God, even better. So I've been with them for, this will be my 10th full proper season. Obviously 2020 was non-existent. So I've done 10 years, actually, this will be my 11th um, season, I think. And yeah, it's been amazing. I've worked with some incredible announcers here in Ireland, in the UK. I've been to Dubai, Portugal, Turkey, been to Kona. Um, yeah, just amazing opportunity, amazing experience. I was still working full time for a long time after that in fundraising. And in 2015, I came home from um, 10 days in Kona and just said, do you know what? I no longer love my job as much as I loved it. I think I love sport more. And I just took the plunge and decided that this was it. I was going to hand in my notice um, for the Irish Cancer Society. I was the community fundraising manager. So I had a, a lot of responsibility, raising lots of money for uh, the charity with my team. I took a, a, a big decision, big leap of faith. So I had started in 2011. This was 2015. And I handed in my notice maybe about six or eight weeks before Christmas. And then in, I was gone. That Chris, Just after Christmas, I left. Just before Christmas, actually. I left the Cancer Society and I never looked back. A lot of people had a lot of faith in me. A lot of people had given me opportunities. And I suppose the rise of social media as well helped because I had a background in kind of um, event management through the fundraising jobs. And my degree is in commerce and marketing and politics. So I had a lot of a good mix of transferable skills. So the announcing is only a small part of, of what I do throughout the year. There's a lot of daily stuff I do that people don't ever see on social media, but there's a lot of stuff I do for social media and events and I, I do a lot of PR as well. So yeah, it's been a roller coaster. Would I change it even with COVID? No, no, it's just been wow. amazing. I, I, I have to soak all that up because when I first was introduced to you, it was through social media and um, you were giving me so much inspiration in your daily posts. And it was definitely through the introduction of this pandemic. And that's when I learned more because unfortunately I never was over to uh, Europe and had the opportunity to hear you, nor have I completed a full Ironman. So now you're just really getting me going and my coach is going to be like, see, I told you. But to sit here and listen to your, your story, I, I can't help but stop and say, thank God you saw you know, that poster <laughs> that you took that chance on yourself just to explore the world of, of a sport. I mean, that's amazing. And so to all those people out there that listen, that are beginners or just don't know, what am I doing with this sport? Like, and sometimes I find myself, I have certain moments where I question that. And so I, I just love hearing this because you don't know, sometimes things have to pause and, and you had this, you know, second hip fracture to keep you from your race, which could be very devastating and frustrating. But then looking at it now, of course, it, look what it opened up for you. I just love, I love yeah. your story. It, it definitely was a silver lining. Like it was, it was, it was hard work, but it was, a, it was a silver lining, but I absolutely loved it. And I made up like the day in, in Ireland that day was a bit like, not as bad as Ironman Cork in 2019 in terms of weather, but the whole system went down. So before the race, I was gathering athlete stories so I could tell real stories, not made uppy ones about people. Cause obviously it's an international race. You're not going to know everybody on the start line, but just after T T1, the athletes went out on their bikes and the rain was really bad. And the timing system, from my perspective, went down, not for the race, but the system that had all the notes made on all the athletes went down. So I had no notes. So I was working from a laptop that had like I'd input all the notes and all the athletes who had sent in information and whatever. So, of course, I didn't have a clue. Ironman was this big brand. I was so excited to be part of the team. I was in awe of everybody. Obviously, delighted to be working with Mike Riley at the time. So you can imagine like you're this you know, new to the sport, relatively new to the sport. Here's this massive brand coming to, to Galway. It's in your home, adopted home city. Anyway, the rain came, the wind came. And I was like, what am I going to do now? Like, they're coming in on their bikes. There's going to be three or four hours of, of, of nothingness if I don't go out there. So I stood in the middle of transition with the microphone and just talked rubbish 
for four hours. If I saw somebody's tri-suit and recognized the tri-suit, I'm like, oh, there's so-and-so from Wicklow, well done, keep going. Or if I saw somebody I recognized, or if I saw like an international tri-suit or a pro, I would just talk gibberish. I told the history of Galway and of Saltale and stories of people meeting people in the local town hall and things like that. And just, just made it up and just had lots of fun and energy. And I think that was basically what was sold to the Ironman team at the time. So it was, well, I want to say, isn't that the reason super. why people go over there? I mean, I mean, seriously, hearing you say that they did pick the right person. Obviously <laughs> they know that. And they know that now, especially after having you on for, for, for so long and all the experiences that you've been exposed to and, and gone and done. But I mean, even, even more so during quarantine and you going out constantly, just the fun that you've been having, like in a time that's not so fun and very questionable and scary. And what are we doing and what's going to happen and what does it mean for events? But for all the people that had employment, I mean, a lot of us athletes out here and age groupers may have had our moments of another race this, or why did they cancel that? And all these other things, I'm sure we all know that we've heard about complaints, but there are people that were behind that being, you know, wondering about their job and everything. So I was so happy every single time that I saw, you know, you were making the most out of, out of a not so great situation and yet just going forward. And then all of a sudden you started this online Zwifting that you got, you said, you're going to go on in a, here tonight. How did that come about? And, and it sounds like it's, it's exploding. Like I see that yeah. from our side of things. So tell us a yeah, little bit about that. When, when the pandemic hit, so all of the events were gone. So I was doing some freelance work for a company called Run Ireland here, where they would be kind of the number one events listing for races, especially running races around the country. So when all the races got cancelled, so I suppose straight away, there was a couple of races cancelled and then there was other races as time went on got cancelled. So like that's my diary decimated. So small independent business diary decimated. And I started doing live Facebook shows because for me, I've mentioned already community and commit and community and uh, what was the, the other word? Yeah, the connection. Community and connection. They were the two big words for me during the pandemic. So we, I, I wanted to stay connected to the community, but also do something that like was good for me, but also good for other people. And it's all about that giving back as well. Yes, I work in the industry across triathlon and endurance sport, but I've been giving back to the community as a volunteer for years. You know, I've, I've been chair of the tri club. I was president of a business club, did PRO on the clubs. I'm still now doing a little bit with our own tri club behind the scenes and doing some stuff with, with the cycling, the regional cycling as well, uh, cycling connect. So there's lots of bits and pieces where you try to give back to the community because when I started first, people gave their time to me. So I believe that even though I work in the industry, I should be giving my time back as well and it's important because you're I think you're always learning you never know everything about what there is to know about the sport that you're doing I don't care who you are I'm sure even uh Rafa Nadal after his uh, victory yesterday still has bits and pieces to learn about the sport of tennis <laughs> but what we did was we had the Swift spins were uh, that was I was getting involved in Swift myself I had gotten a turbo uh, that's a whole other story for another day and I kind of started Swifting and the local uh, county council here gave funding for bike week so nothing was happening because it was COVID. So I said, well, I can host a Facebook show. Uh, I can do a Zwift spin and we can do a few bits. So we had been doing Facebook lives every Tuesday or Thursday to supplement the podcast on Facebook. And then I partnered um, with some of the, the girls in the tri club and the cycling club to host this Zwift spin. So they were all Zwifting queens. And out of that, Oliver Harkin, who's a coach up in Uri, we jokingly said on the Monday night of bike week that cheapers, we should do this every week. So we kind of started talking the following couple of days and the next thing, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it this week. Let's do it this week. So we were doing meetups and eventually uh, the guys at uh, Team RWB are racing without borders. So anybody who has any Irish heritage at all can join us on Facebook on the community and race and, uh, and cycle with us every week. Uh, we just ended up having the meetup become an official event in the RWB calendar. So now it is the official Monday social spin. It's run by myself and Oliver. So every Monday night we have maybe 15 or 20 people on Discord and we have anything up to 200 people on the spin from all over the world. It's not just Galway or, or Northern Ireland or Republic of Ireland or, or Scotland, England, Wales. Like we have loads of people tuning in from the States, from Australia, from New Zealand. 
randomly tuning in and then suddenly realizing that there's all this chatter happening on Discord. So they're following with their back and they're linking in with Discord. And there's just great fun, great community. And it's just about chatting. You do an hour of an easy spin. There's some triathlon tips. There could be triathlon gossip. There could be just general gossip. We've a swear jar. So if you mention COVID within like the first 53 minutes of the spin, you're, you know, in trouble the following week or whatever, you know, kind of thing. So it's just lovely, but it's just, I've never met half of these people that are on our spin and yet we're all connected and uh, yeah, it's just been, it's been absolutely brilliant, but that it was for me, the connection and the community piece. And, you know, when you come out the other side of it now, we're, we're doing lots of stuff with the podcast and we were chatting off air about the uh, performance hub. So, you know, I, I could have curled up and sat on my hands for 18 months and that's not me. And the pandemic, whilst it was horrendous and from a personal level, I was lucky. I didn't get COVID touch wood yet. My mum and sister didn't get it. We've known people who've been really sick from COVID and who've passed away from COVID very close to us. And, and that's been a terrible time and it's a terrible thing for people. But if I look at some of the silver linings on COVID or what the pandemic brought, my business is stronger. I'm stronger. I'm now back training again after taking a bit of a break for a couple of years. I've definitely slowed down a bit. We were chatting about decluttering our houses and making yeah. more space and time. I definitely have a lot more going on about self-care than I ever had. I'm probably closer to my family than I was before COVID. And I don't do things I don't want to do. I say no to things. I always say yes. Generally, I'll say yes. But if there's something in my gut and I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah, you know, your time um, is so valuable. So valuable. And people. Time and people, they're the two things that, you know, your time, your health and people, they're the, the most important things. Like you can have all the money in the world and be really sick and unhappy, or you could be in a job and you could be making millions. You might be happy. I can cycle my bike at any time of the day of the week, any time of the day and go out and cycle my bike and nobody actually cares. That's a lifestyle. <laughs> Unless I need to I be at an Ironman event and they're looking for me at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> But listen, you know, as you're saying that and you're, and you, we did, we talked about how decluttering, you know, going through, I don't know what it was about the end of the, of the holidays for me. It was like, everything must go and years of stuff. You had mentioned yourself that you had outfits that you're like, you know, I haven't worn it for X amount of time. You're gone. And we're, we're, we're giving it back or, or we're selling it or we're having it come full circle and making sure it goes to people who are in need. And one of the things you had mentioned also is that you, you, you were able to have this space when you walk in the door where you feel like, ah, like it, it's opening it, as you get rid of things and certain aspects, it opens up for something else to come in. So it, maybe it's that peace of mind that you need when you come home. But I wanted to ask you about cycling because you had mentioned that you had gotten into some, some gravel riding. Is this true? Is this something new for you? Mm -hmm. oh yeah. My gosh. So as I mentioned at the start, I would have been a crap swimmer, an okay runner and an average but improving cyclist. So um, back in 2017 and 2018, we set up a Galway Babes, B-A-Y-B-E-S for Galway Bay because we live in Galway Bay. So four of us got together and we set up an endurance cycling team to race around Ireland to complete the, the race. Two and a half thousand kilometers, team of four women from God knows where, with no background in this kind of stuff, other than one of the girls would have been a really, really good cyclist. But we did it and we set the Irish record. We didn't win the race. There was a wonderful team of Australian females with an Irish influence came over and, uh, and beat us. But we set a new Irish record that year. And then the following year, we went to Donegal, which is just up in the northwest of the country. And we did 555k and we set the record there and won the race. We were delighted. We beat loads of men as well, which was even better. I didn't say that out loud, did I? Anyway, uh, then of course it got really busy with work. So like 18, so the end of 18 into 19, I was like, I'm so sick of cycling. I've been training like a pro. I just, I need to focus on my business. And life was just getting really, really busy. And then coming into 2020, the pandemic hit and suddenly it was like, oh, actually, there's nothing to do. So I'm going to go back cycling again. So all the fitness I lost and the COVID stone I had on before COVID, I started to lose that as well as the COVID stone I put on during COVID. And I just kind of got into this lifting and I started loving cycling again and the freedom. And even when we only had a 5K radius within which we were allowed to exercise, we still managed to find routes that we could do. We did a weekend of 400K within a 5K 
radius over three days for charity, a couple of us. So I kind of just made do with what we had. And then my cycling partner, uh, Karen, who I was training with, did a 24 hour bike race last uh, October. And then she was like, Joe, really, you're doing a lot of training. You're back. You're probably fitter now than when we were when we did race around Ireland and Donegal. Would you consider doing one? Would you do a pair? Would you do solo? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, long story short, I'm doing my first ultra solo race, 12 hours at the Balmrobe Ultra. It's around the ambulance track of a horse racing track for 12 hours on the 12th of March. And in the meantime, I decided that all the girls are doing gravel biking and I really don't like road racing. I haven't road raced other than like a time trial or a long endurance race. I just don't like it. I'm awful afraid of bunch riding and racing. And uh, myself and Karen were chatting here over Christmas and we were like, or before Christmas, I was like, oh, the diary is going to get really busy. You know, what will we do? What will we do? And then the next thing, the girls are all going out cycling at night on their gravel bikes. I was like, hey, I want a piece of this. So a friend of mine brought me up the mountains on his gravel bike maybe three weeks ago now at this stage. I loved it. It was the second time I'd been gravel biking in about three years. And that Wednesday, I bought a bike. I was like, I'm just buying a bike. So I bought a beautiful black Orbea Terra H40 gravel bike. So I now have Freddie, who is my road bike. I have Teddy, who's my TT bike. I have Jerry the Giant, who is my very first road bike in Galway. I still have him. And now I have this beautiful Orbea Terra, whose name currently is Ola. But we might change that now because it's only its temporary name, just so we get a proper name. But yeah, um, so no, I, I love it. So now I've gone mad. So I have the 12 hour bike race in Ballinrobe. And then before that, I have three gravel spins booked in. So I'm doing um, a Cycling Connacht women's MTB and gravel spin, a regional event next Sunday. And then the following week, I'm doing a bog trial. So I'm doing a race on the gravel bike i've only cycled it twice but i'm doing a race on the on the gravel bike and then two weeks later i'm doing a 40k race up in mayo on the gravel bike again just for the fun of it just because i can't just for the fun of it just for the fun of it okay i don't care there's so many loser draw i have to i i have to i have to say Okay. First and foremost, there's definitely my friend, Carol, who's going to be listening to this. And she's originally from Ireland and where she's from in Ireland, she would absolutely kill me right now for not knowing, but I know she's going to be listening to this and she would absolutely comment on the fact that I had told her, you know, I'm looking at a 70.3 for fun. And she said, did you just say you looking at a 70.3 for fun? And so hearing you say, and I'll be doing a 40 K, you know, I'll be doing a 40K on this new gravel bike just for fun. It is. And I think that's the best part is that you you can finally get to a place in within the sport. And I think that's the important thing is that you look for that. Because if you're not finding that, you know, reassess, right? Like pause and just reassess the sport. That's the whole point of why many of us are doing this just for fun. So I love that. Then the other part of what you said is gravel and all of that in there. The fact that you have different names for your bike, I love this. I think we, this needs to be a thing because I'm literally okay. envisioning them. I'm literally envisioning them as like horses you have that are just waiting for you. That are like, we love you so much and you have to take care of us. You know, you have to like oil us and, you know, clean us and everything, but we are here waiting for you. <laughs> I love those <laughs> names. They remind me of horses for some reason. I love that. Um, you've got to call your bike and you've got to love it. I mean, when you buy your bike, it's not just about the components. You've got to be able to want to get on that bike and go out and cycle it and want to be with it for, if you're doing a full distance Ironman, you're going to be cycling it a lot. Even if you're doing a sprint race, you're going to be cycling it more than 20K a week to do your training. So you've got to, uh, you've got to love it. One of the things you said there is, you know, about, about doing this for fun. We're not professional athletes. We don't get paid to do this. We get to do the sport. We are lucky to have the opportunity to do this sport. We don't have to do it. We don't have to get up at six o'clock in the morning. We don't have to do the core sessions. We don't have to get on the turbo trainer. We get to do it. And we're very, very privileged, I think, if we do get the opportunity to do it. And I think when things start going wrong and stuff starts hitting the fan and you start to go have a temper tantrum because you have a puncture or because something isn't right, you got to just let it go. This is not the end of the world. Yes, it might have cost you a bit of money to enter a race or you might have put months and months of effort into something. But like, 
this is our hobby. This is our passion project. It is not your job. Just take a step back. Yeah, I love that. Oh, I love it, Joy. I love it. Also, before we jump into our, our rapid fire round of questions that I have for you, let's take a sip of our favorite beverage because that's important, right? We have to have our hydration in. I feel like I should have had a branded cup or something, maybe a little cup of Baileys. Yes. The next one, after we just got out, we'll have another follow-up we should do after all these gravel rides. I just can't, races, I can't wait. Okay, we're going to get ready. But before we do, I, I want to ask you really quickly, it sounds like your why, because the name of the show is Why We Try. It really sounds like, you know, where you started in triathlon and where you are now in endurance sports. It's not just triathlon, endurance sports. Your why is like totally evolved. Would you say that? Would you agree yeah. that it's completely evolved and it continues to keep going and showing you things? Yeah, a hundred percent. Every day is different. I think, I suppose I started out in triathlon and in endurance sport just for fun, just to meet people, have a social outlet and to be doing what everybody else is doing. And now I think my why or my reason for being involved is to help encourage more people to take up the sport, to talk about it, to everything from the podcast to being on the finish line of an Ironman, just to encourage and inspire people. Look, I'm not a great athlete, but I've done so much and I've had so much fun. And if somebody on my Zwift spin or somebody who's listening to the podcast decides that they're going to do their very first triathlon because I've encouraged them or they've seen something that we've done, then that's that's a goal. That's a, an absolute hole in that's one. To golfer. It's a win, it's still to win. And so I think that's it. And, and just, I suppose I, I, I missed sport when work got really busy, when I decided to take a step back from cycling and from triathlon, kind of 2018, 2019, I eventually began to miss it as a sport and miss the endorphins of it. And now I really tried to encourage and to live the active lifestyle. And it was something actually that at the Outspoken Women in Sports Summit in 2019, I think it was, there was a speaker there and she was all about, you know, you've got to live the lifestyle. So live the active lifestyle. So you talk there about the posts on social media last year, I probably wrecked people's heads by posting up my swim every single day on social media. I'm sure I did, but if the people didn't like it, they can turn it off and they can unfollow me. But for me, the amount of feedback I got from people saying, oh my word, I cannot believe you're getting into the water every single day. It's so cold. What are you doing? Next question, where can I do it? Next question, where do you get your neoprene? How can I get neoprene? Where do you suggest I get it? Or how can I start doing what you're doing? And for me, that's the whole thing evolved. It's not me being an influencer or anything of that level. It's just literally me being me, living my life and sharing oh, it on, on social media. Yeah. And if somebody else is inspired to do something like that, well then, well and good, then, then that's the job done. All right. Well, make sure that you guys log into Instagram and also Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow Try Talking Sport because you're going to hear so much more of this wonderful and see so many more insightful motivating things. I, for me, it helps me. I have to say, I have to just like, okay, no complaining about how cold this water is because <laughs> if Joanna is going to go out there or Joanne's going to go in that freezing frigid water, I can do this. I'm just looking out the window to look at the weather. It's gone really dull and really windy. So a swim today is probably not going to happen. <laughs> Chicken, oh I'm gone soft. I'm gone oh, soft. You know what you had? And, and then we'll get into our rapid fire round. You had these jackets. You had these jackets on that were like, I just felt like, and then you had your little cup of hot cocoa or whatever it was that you guys were bringing Bailey's out. coffee. It was Bailey's coffee. And it was just, you made me, I just, I was like, I want to be there. <laughs> you made it look so fun in the sense of chaos is all around us. So what, you know, put your, put your warm jacket on and have your swimsuit underneath and go out there. So. I actually did go up to Connecticut last spring. I had gone through this uh, divorce thing. It happens. Some people have gone through through the divorce through a divorce as well during and after COVID and quarantine and all that. When I went up to visit family, the water, my family was like, you're not getting in that water. And I'm like, I'm getting in the water. I'm just, I'm not going to swim as much as, as you did, but I'm getting in the water because I have this opportunity and I just got to take it. And it was great. My kids were out there. They had a towel waiting for me. And it was just fun in the sense that it's time to just get, get outside the norm. World is going crazy fine, but there's things to reconnect you. So yeah. that's uh, something that's really important to me to share. Let's hit the rapid fire round. All right. Don't be scared. Diana, 
Joanne, here we go. Here we go. Okay. First and foremost, when it comes to swimming, are you a bilateral breather or do you prefer one side over the other? Bilateral. Wow. I seldom get somebody who says that. I love that. Have you Definitely. just, that's always, you, you got that in from the very beginning? Mm -hmm. Excellent. Oh my gosh. Incredible. Okay. Second question. Kind of answered this, but if you could give us one of your favorite pieces of gear for in the endurance world, what would it be? Can I say my microphone? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's a good one. <laughs> I was going to say Freddie, my favorite bike, but um, I think a microphone is more appropriate. It's my favorite bit of gear. <laughs> Love that. That's awesome. Okay. And then the third question is, when it comes to someone who's inspired you or motivated you even, you've been a voice of motivation for so many. So is there anybody that comes to mind who has been a huge inspiration to you? I think this is a really tricky question because I've come across so many people in the past number of years and I think it's just too hard to pick someone. So I'm actually going to go close to home. I'm going to talk about COVID and the pandemic and my sister. So my sister has cerebral palsy and has epilepsy and a very mild cerebral palsy, but she would love to be a triathlete. And she obviously followed um, Rick and Dick Hoyt and a lot of the stories there with the triathlon that they would have done and always inspired um, by them. And she'd always love to be like her big sister. Now, there's only three years between us, but she would love to be doing some of what I'm doing. So part of what we did last year with COVID was the swimming. I finally managed to get her into the sea. And she swam every day that she could with me. She might have only paddled in the sea, but she's done it. She now has, uh, I bought her a spinning bike for Christmas. So now she does spinning on the bike at home. So she can't really run because of the epilepsy, but she walks and she's walked lots and lots and lots. And she did a big walking challenge to walk the circumference of Galway, which was over 500 kilometers in, I think, five months last year. So some days she'll do a walk in the morning, we'll dip in the afternoon when she's finished work, and then she'll get on her spinning bike to warm up for 10 or 15 minutes. So she does her own triathlons every day that she does it. So for me, I think the safest answer is my sister, but also seeing her grow as a person and embrace sport when she thought she really couldn't embrace it has been life-changing and it's been awesome. And it's not just her inspiring me or me inspiring her. I think it's just the I come back to that whole thing of the community and my friends that have embraced her with the sport as well. And we changed where we would swim so that she can access the beach a little bit easier. And we go to ladies beach, you probably have seen on Instagram. So it's a much easier walk in for Michelle to get into the water. So yeah, I think my sister, keep, keep it home, keep it close to home. Um, uh, that's, that's beautiful. And thank you for sharing that with us. I think that is definitely one of the most personable influences I've ever heard from, from somebody, of somebody who is inspiring. And when it comes to the world of Ironman and how, how incredibly inclusive it has been for the world, it, it definitely broke that, as we saw with Chris Keach. And yeah, I had Dan Grebe, his coach on the show and in listening and, and talking to him, I'm just so grateful, you know, for what the world of triathlon has done for all of, all of us to, like you're saying, we're all getting on that, on that freezing cold <laughs> beach or some, so I'm never going to say it's cold again. I gotta, I gotta make sure I check myself and we're sharing that moment, you know, in that moment, we're all in it together. So I just, I love that. And thank you so much to you and your sister for braving that cold weather and sharing it with us and letting us be part of it. So many other people that you guys are inspiring and, and touching to go forward. All right. So my next question with you is when it comes to a, uh, that finish line, now you've been at many finish lines and you've been one where with the microphone in your hand, you have this gravel ride and races coming up. What's a song that you would love to hear or that you enjoy hearing from others uh, that that's one of your favorites? Or maybe you have a few. I don't know. Oh, again, it's a very tricky question. Because <laughs> music is so powerful. As a race announcer, music can make or break your day. And as an athlete, I'll always remember Vici, Wake Me Up When It's All Over. That's when I did my first Ironman. That was the music that our first long distance race that a challenge wrote in 
2013. That also is nearly 10 years ago. Oh my God. How did you do another oh, one? That, that can't um, be 10 years. No, that song yeah, is not. No really? way. Uh-uh. That, that song, every time that song comes on the radio or if I play it, it just brings me back to my heart beating as I just get into the water. So, so music is a huge, powerful tool for athletes. But I think the song that just gets me going every time and it just tingles down my spine and it's a big Ironman song, especially in the UK, especially in Europe, is Thunderstruck by ACDC. Yeah, my yes, mother even yes. dances around the place when she hears that song because it reminds her of Iron Man. Oh, awesome. oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. I love that! I love that. Well, you can't go wrong with ACDC anyway, mm-hmm. well, you can't go wrong with them ever. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And the last and final question, which I think I have an idea of this one and what the answer might be, but let's see, you never know. Are you that? early morning riser or are you in the eat do you like sunsets and I think I have an idea but you never know Mm, you know what depends depends like some so these days we're getting up early in the morning we're doing the fake commute so Michelle will walk from her from home from where she lives with my mum down to Salt Hill and I'll collect her for we'll go for coffee and we meet one of the girls and we'll have the fake commute and then I'll bring her home and she'll work from home see beautiful sunrises or we might go and do a sunset swim at four o'clock in the afternoon. So I don't mind time. getting up in the middle of the night if there's a good reason. Yeah. But if there's and not like, a good reason, then I won't get up in the middle of the night. And I mean middle of the night at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I agree with you on that. On the, on that. If it's still dark out, it's middle of the night. And, mm-hmm. and you know, what you had mentioned just to, to wrap up with, with uh, your gravel, you had said that, you know, you guys were riding at night and you were like, I want to be in on that. So something that happened during uh, quarantine over here for me too, was I got a gravel bike and I really fell in love with it because it was that sense of being a kid where we could go ride our bike at night and it was just heaven. It it was awesome. There wasn't a fear of anybody on the road. Miami is terribly known for, for, you know, the drivers and not a great combination with cyclists. But so when you said something about the gravel, and riding at night, I just, I love, I loved hearing that. So I'm happy to hear that it's happening all over. It's the adventure. It's just the freedom. It comes back to why I love the bike. It's the freedom, the speed, the adventure. You go more places faster on your bike than you do when you're running. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Joanne, for joining us here on the Why We Try podcast. All right, guys, make sure that you check out Joanne on Try Talking Sport. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Why We Try podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Go have a baby's coffee. You deserve it. (laughs) I will. And next time you have to join me. (laughs) No problem. Just make sure it's not a Monday before my Zwift thing. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Why We Try podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy coming in here and sharing all of my information with you. Please go ahead and hit subscribe over at Spotify, Apple podcast and YouTube. If you would be so kind to leave a review, you can do so at Apple Podcast. You can also leave some comments over on Instagram at Why We Try Podcast or on YouTube. You can leave some comments there. I definitely check them and so do my guests. Have a great one, guys. And don't forget to take your favorite beverage everywhere you go.